Hello beautiful people and welcome back on Home in a Teacup, the podcast on which we're trying to understand the feeling of home through conversations around the topics of cultural identity, nationality, languages and travel. In today's episode, Solen talks to us about her experience as an exchange student in Cambridge, where she had the opportunity to deepen her knowledge in literature. This led her to question her wants for the future, sharing her doubts on the matter with us. Now, before starting, I'd like to say that none of the speakers are native English speakers. Some mistakes can or will probably be made. Do not forget to subscribe if you like this episode and wish to hear more fascinating conversations like this one. And if you want to know every week when the episodes are out, you can just follow us on Instagram, Home in a Teacup. Now, I hope you enjoy. All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and welcome on Home in a Teacup. <laughs> Could you please... Introduce yourself to the people who do not know you, saying whatever you want about yourself. Okay, so um, my name's Solen. Um, I'm 20 years old and uh, I'm, uh, I'm an English language student here in Brittany. Um, I've been learning English for about, let's say, seven years. Seriously, when we don't count school. Um, yes. <laughs> and... Uh, Yeah, I've I've lived uh, uh, about a year in England, and uh, and yeah, I'm a, I'm in my last year of uh, of this degree here uh, to do English. So yeah, that's mm. that's what I would say about myself. <laughs> that's already a lot. <laughs> It's very professional, like what you would say on a CV, I guess. I mean, when it, whenever people are introducing themselves, usually they talk about the degree the degree they do, <laughs> their age. Their, what they're studying like it's, it's always kind of the same but well the first thing I'd like to talk to you about is the fact that you've spent one year in England especially because of the university you chose yes which is a lot um, which is Cambridge <laughs> I actually didn't choose it at first um, really um, I wanted so from the moment I started learning English seriously Wanted, I, will, I always wanted to live in Ireland. It was just a country that always made me, that always appealed to me. I don't know why. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I just, I, I had applied to go to Galway instead. And uh, and when I, and I told myself on, on my first year of uni, I would just work as hard as I could, get as high of a grade I could, because I heard about people going to Spain or Italy And they're great countries, but I do English, so that's not very relevant. In our, in our degree? Um, not our degree, but like yeah. Erasmus. I mean, I don't even know if it's true. It was like whole stories, I guess. Um, Because of I like, don't think we can do yeah. I think we can just go to countries which are linked to our degree. Mm. I think there was a case, because uh, one of the girls who did the Erasmus with me went, was from the UNS. Um, mm -hmm. And, and they're... they're, they're Erasmus exchange when they do their masters is compulsory and they didn't have enough um, like positions for all the students mm. so one of them went to Spain doing um, an English degree so apparently that happens I don't know um, but I was scared that that would happen to me um, and so I just told myself if I get as high of a grade as possible they, they, they'll let me choose whatever I want so yeah. I'll be able to go to Ireland And basically, I just worked too hard, I guess, because they were like, why don't you go to Cambridge? You've got high enough grades. Really? <laughs> That's not 
supposed to happen. Yes. Like usually it's supposed to have the best grace possible and go wherever you want. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, I did not complain. I wasn't going to say no to Cambridge. I just never thought I'd be good enough to go there. Mm. Um, but I was just like, it was like the five professors from the uni asking me, do you not like English people? Why didn't you apply to Cambridge? And I just, I didn't say no. And they were like, why don't you? So I ended up applying for Cambridge instead. But is this what you wanted? I wanted to go to Ireland. I had never, I had never even considered England or Cambridge at first. I It was just, even, it wasn't even like... Um, would I like to go there? I didn't even think that I had the level. Mm. Um, but apparently, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, and I don't regret it at all. Mm. It wasn't planned, but uh, it was great. And I don't think it's something you can reproduce in your lifetime that much. So I'm, I, I honestly, I'm so happy I said yes. And I wasn't too stubborn about it. Um, mm. But yeah. Especially um, considering the fees. Like yes. the fact that you didn't have to pay for them. Yes. <laughs> Four years of studying there, it's, yeah, no, I'm so happy I didn't say no. Uh. <laughs> and so how was it? It was, um, it was great. Um, I've always, I've, I've, I love the, so in our degree here in Brittany, we have to do the civilization part, which is like, broadly it's history. I mean, you know, mm. history and and things like that. Uh, and then we have like the linguistic part and then we have the literature. And that's always been the one thing that I was the most drawn to. And in Cambridge, that's all I did. I had to um, officially write an essay a week. I did not respect those deadlines because I just had never written an essay before. <clears throat> and they're really cool about it. So they just give you more time, but you have to read so many books and it's so enriching and I just, yeah, I just, um, it, I don't regret it at all. Um, it was, it wasn't uh, always easy, um, but it's, I made a lot of memories there and I did a lot of things that I would not have done if I had maybe gone elsewhere or if, or if I hadn't gone at all. Mm. Um, and yeah, I made great friends there as well. Um, and, uh, and I still go to visit visited them I went a few weeks ago oh really um, yeah it's they're, they're really they're like um most of them we used to live in the same house mm. so there's a lot of like almost sibling dynamics um and it's great to have that time of that type of uh yeah, closeness to people like that yeah. and yeah I miss them a lot but I'm so happy I yeah I went there. Uh, it was challenging because um, so I think I read somewhere. I'm not sure if that's legit or anything, <clears throat> but um, they say you need like six months to get used to living in a new country. Yes, and that's what I felt because the first <clears throat> the first semester uh, the first trimester because it's uh, tri uh, terms. Yes. Um. um it, it was very difficult for me uh, because I felt very homesick and I was also very... The whole semester? Yeah, just, I mean, not the whole semester. I was also very excited, but I part of me had really bad imposter syndrome as well. So I just thought I had made maybe a mistake or had occupied 
um, that someone more qualified than me could have gone. And mm. I just, it kind of made me feel a bit guilty at first. And then, like, at the end of the, <clears throat> I wouldn't even say at the end of the second term, but like middle of the second term, I had something snap in my brain. I was like, no, I really like being here. I really like doing what I do. And I feel at home. Um, and I think that's maybe true that it takes six months. You just need to get used to it, I guess. I think it's partly true. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that for me it was very different. Like mm-hmm. I felt at home very quickly. Like the homesickness <laughs> just lasted two weeks, I think. But usually people say that just having new habits and mm-hmm. being in a new environment and getting used to for example, stupid things like food, <laughs> getting used to not having the food you're used to. Mm. And just, I think it takes a lot of time to mm. build new habits and to build mm. a new routine. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I just, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole thing of living alone at first. Uh, because you have never lived alone before. I had, so I lived like two months alone at the beginning of the first year and then we had the second lockdown had to oh, go back to my house that's right um <laughs> we did <laughs> so i just yeah with covid i had spent like the last two years of my life basically locked up in my house with just my family um and so it was a bit scary at first to just like be by myself in a foreign country uh but cambridge is a very um it's a it's a very small bubble and you're very the the it's a college system so you're not like alone in a big university there's like a lot of people asking you how you're doing and things like that there's a lot of resources uh i think to you're kind of like uh parented by the college sometimes yeah um so i think it was a good it was um it was a good balance of autonomy and also having some security as well Mm. Um, so I think that helps and would you say would you say that you feel like you have lived the Erasmus experience or was it different like did you feel like you were studying there really as a student and not as an exchange student Mm. I felt more like a student like full-time student um, because I it's it's Cambridge, so you have a lot of workload. Mm. I mean, um, they often say when you're on Erasmus, you don't really do much things. And I, often, mm. I often see people talking about how they never went to lectures and things like that. Uh, and you have to work. Uh, it's still Cambridge. I wouldn't say I had as much work as some of my friends who were like full-time students. I didn't have to do exams um, mm. and all that. But I had... Um, I had essays to write, I had uh, supervisions, I had seminars, so I felt, and it was with other, like, or other students who would graduate from Cambridge, um, I, 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 I met a few Erasmus there, but it was mostly, like, students from the UK, or, so I felt like a real student there like I mean you're still a real student so when you're <laughs> no, on but exchange but I know what you mean I, I didn't it... felt like I was on holiday I just felt like I was studying mm. Mm. and was there some kind of I don't know clock for exchange students you know like some sort of freshers week mm. for exchange students oh, to yes. meet there's like um there's a freshers week at the beginning of the year but 
basically what happens. I think the full time like Cambridge students they start they're allowed to to arrive uh, in college in on like the twenty sixth of September September or something like that. But the Erasmus we arrived on the first or the second. I don't remember very well. Okay. So you don't have the first few days, and it might sound a bit silly it's only a few days but usually that's like the days where everyone gets to know each other and things like that so that was also something i kind of maybe suffered from the first term was that a lot of the jokes that people had between each other i didn't really know because i was just not there uh, mm. but it's it's fine you get you get over it very quickly especially university people the group the friend groups sometimes change you don't spend the year with the first people you meet mm. uh, so you kind of get to catch up with it uh, but the clubs for Erasmus I think there was one I didn't find one the fresh, there's like a, a huge event they have in one of the parks it's called Freshers Fair um, and you have like all of the things like all the clubs and societies and it was so there's so many of them I especially going from a small university you get a bit mm. not overwhelmed because that's negative but like dazzled there's by a all. lot yes and um i'm sure there was one for international students um i didn't apply to it uh i didn't really do that much societies yeah. um that's maybe something i regret a bit uh because I just, I gave them my email and never replied. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, because you were scared or just yeah, because you didn't want I, to? I was scared of, um, um, I was scared of um, um, maybe not uh, respecting the, like the subscribing to it and then never going to the things. But I know that they had so many of them that had like a Lord of the Ring society. Oh. I found on the internet website they had the, a Game of Thrones one. I'm a huge Game of Thrones star, uh, fan. Sorry, I'm already speaking like a... You can speak however you want. It's a safe space. <laughs> you can just use slangs if you want. <laughs> I just... I get way too excited. Um, but yeah, I couldn't find it in real life. Um, I was in real about, life? <laughs> I was about to start it. I was like, I don't care if I'm, if I'm only an exchange student. I'll start the Game of Thrones. Yeah. society once again um but there there's so many of them i think they have also they have a dungeon and dragon one i mean they have i'm everything. not surprised i'm not gonna lie it's cambridge i mean <laughs> you expect them to have that sort of thing yes. uh, but yeah maybe i should have applied some of those maybe i would have met more erasmus or more people from other colleges but it's fine i, I still did a lot of socializing there um but it's such a big university that um I mean, you can't do everything. You can't do everything, yeah. And I had a lot of work, which um, um, I guess you can still do a lot of societies next to it. Uh, but I also like to rest a bit sometimes and do things that aren't too, um, yeah, too challenging. So. Mm. Mm. Did you do you think you had FOMO? You know, the fear of missing yes, out. Yeah, a lot. Um, because there's so much to do that you sometimes you have to say no I can't do that because I need to write my essay and mm. sometimes you do that and then you're so tired you don't even you're not even that productive or what you write is just does it doesn't make any sense so you're like you, I could have just gone to that thing so that's also something I did 
uh, in the second term, I just stopped uh, trying to spend like all my days in the library and trying to do something else, mm. uh, going out and things like that. Even if it's just like um, going to a club night or something like that, it just it's it's uh, nice to not have work inside your brain all the time. And to have real breaks. Yeah. Which is hard when you have a lot of work. I can mm. get that. But how was it living in some sort of Hogwarts space? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the college I went to was uh, Lucy Cavendish. Um, Absolutely not. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much <laughs> about Cambridge. I just know that it looks a lot like Hogwarts. Oh, yes. That's it's, all I know. It's very beautiful. Um, but the college I went to was built in the 60s, I'd, I'd say. Uh, so it's quite recent. It looks very beautiful. They have a new building. I went to see that in uh, February. And they they have a new building and it looks really nice, um, especially compared to what we have here, like the building. I mean, for those who don't know, the University <laughs> of South Brittany was built, I think, in the 80s, yeah. 70s, I'm not sure. And it's not the most magnificent building there is. It's, <laughs> I mean, it it's a post-war building and universities so mm. it's not it's supposed to be architectural yeah. but it's not really magnificent but yeah, they, yeah. they've tried mm. to make a boat or like a yes um a yacht a yacht yeah i don't know yeah. they've tried to do something artistic but it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's not artistic <laughs> well we, we're not supposed to say that we're yeah. supposed to say that, no, that it's we're amazing being, we're being positive it's 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 a nice building it looks like a yeah. boat but compared to cambridge <laughs> yeah no <laughs> Just, i mean at least they had window windows there um and mm. and yeah but it's it's quite recent so i didn't feel like i didn't feel like i was in uh in Hogwarts at all time but sometimes i had lectures in other colleges and i would just like always be stunned even if it was like a weekly uh weekly uh supervision which is like um you're basically in small groups or so sometimes you're alone with a professor or a phd student yeah. and you just discuss your essays and things like that if you have questions you ask them um and and uh, even if if it was weekly going to those colleges, I would always like take a picture and send it to my mom. Like, look, mom, I'm in Hogwarts. <laughs> um, but yeah, some some colleges they're very old and they look really nice. Um, and um, but I I liked that I was in a more recent one because um, it felt less, uh, especially with imposter syndrome. It mm. felt less like you were in a very different yeah environment mm. it was nice it was like in the middle between uh like what i knew in france and what was in cambridge it was like right in the middle and i think it helped with like yeah, imposter syndromes and things like that mm. uh, but it's yeah it's really cool um and there's a lot of uh, resor resources and things like that um so you just um it's 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 um you just yeah you just feel like very lucky and grateful to be mm. in that place uh, especially for free because i didn't have the i mean not for free but yeah without I, the fees it's nice to enjoy like the just paying the french fees yeah i mean it's more interesting for us to go there <laughs> than for them yes. to come here oh i feel so bad for 
I don't think they had agreements to go to Brittany, but I feel so bad for a Cambridge student like going away and still paying the Cambridge fees, but ending up in like a really a French university that's a bit rough looking. Um, but yeah. it's fine. It's 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 not it's it's small things. It doesn't really matter what the building looks like. It's the learning that counts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially because in the UK, they have such a sense of community in yes. the universities. We don't have that kind of things in France. Mm. They have so many clubs. People are committed. They want to be part of clubs and not just be part of clubs. Yeah. They want to be president, secretary and everything. Yeah. We don't really have that here. Mm. Even in big universities, we're just very... For us, university is like a job place. Yeah. We're not going to live on campus. Mm. They do live on campus. It's yeah. their life. So, mm. And it's a bit isolating in France compared to there, I think. Mm. Um, because also a lot of people commute. Um, there's a, People don't really choose universities. Sometimes people choose the university because of the what what's being taught there and things like that or that's just where they were accepted um Mm. but they don't really think oh i should go to lorient i should go to Rennes. they just go wherever is the most practical and the closest so sometimes a lot of people commute and so you just don't want to you don't want to end your day at like eight if you've already been up since five to catch the train so it's a bit isolating Mm. And while Cambridge, you just kind of your short walk or like a short cycle from everything, so you can do pretty much everything you want and have like very uh, filled days without having like the the commute that eats a lot of hours a day. Mm. I think that may also be because of the price they pay, yeah. like the fees <laughs> they pay. We don't pay that much, so mm. for us, it's not like. We can skip classes. We don't really care yeah. for them. They pay ten thousand pounds a year. So of course they're going to go to each classes. They're never going to miss it. Mm. So that's why we like we we aren't that committed in France. Yeah, partly because of that, I think. You talked about your imposter syndrome. Do you think you still have it? Uh probably yeah. Especially when I uh, did the exams, the first exams in like a year and a half, because mm. uh, I didn't have one exams at all during the Erasmus um, and some of the results especially in literature which I thought was the one that would be the not the easiest but at least I would have a good grade uh, and I didn't I kind of underperformed so I just felt like I was uh, I just thought like that I was disappointing professors even though I don't think they really care that much I don't think they care that much about the grades uh, but I just felt that um I mean I still had I still validated the the semester and I had a good I had good grades but I just I I don't know I wasn't like I wasn't being excellent or anything Mm. uh and so I just felt like it was becoming obvious that I was an imposter uh but um no, I'm like, it doesn't really, it's, they're just great. They're like, I, you have two hours to do something and sometimes you stress out and I didn't have exam, 
exams for a year especially final exams because because yeah. you have one chance yeah if you miss it it's just over for mm. you and and I had this thing a lot during the exam or like in the middle I'd be like I'm not talking about the question I'm digressing I'm not so I had like a lot of panicking moments because I just wasn't used to it um but when I got the results I was a bit down um also they my name is very common in Brittany so for one of the subjects they got the wrong Solen. oh so I got a zero in one of the subjects um, oh no when I went to the exam so I was like it's they didn't even give me like a point for like the bus tickets they just a zero but what it, it, they just they had gotten the wrong so then so my grades were very low and I had this zero and I was a bit confused but yeah mm. it was a bit like disappointing for you yeah I wasn't expecting to be the best at everything because I didn't have linguistic I didn't do linguistics for the whole year I didn't do uh, even like the history bit and everything didn't do that so I wasn't expecting to be amazing at everything but I wasn't expecting some of the grades that I had mm. and even though they were still good enough to validate the I just I don't know I just expected to um, have very good grades to validate the fact that I went to Cambridge mm. And instead I had just like regular ones. So I was like, what's the point? I felt like I had occupied a spot uh, for someone that could have deserved it more. Uh, yeah. I perfectly understand that because I, probably not with grades, but I used to have an imposter syndrome on mm. some things as well. And it's, I think it's hard. People don't realize how hard it can get on you. Some people are just going to be like, no, but you don't have to feel like that. You have to know that you've mm. worked hard, like be aware of it. And it's just, when you have the imposter syndrome, there's n- it's a lot of work to get out yeah. of that mindset. Mm-hmm. People don't always realize it, especially because you kind of, it's often linked with, um, what's the word again? Uh, perfectionism. Yes. So you have imposter syndrome, perfectionism. So obviously you're never going to be content with the grades you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to have because you're perfectionist. So you want better grades. And so yeah. you feel like an imposter <laughs> because you don't have the grades you want to have, mm. which is kind of hard. But do you feel like it, do you feel like it um, prevents you from, I don't know, doing the things you want to do, achieving your dreams? Yeah. Yes, because... I've been looking a lot at a master's degree abroad because I really liked the exchange that I did. But a part of me, if I'm going abroad again, I want it to be a bit more definitive. Um, So I was looking at master's degrees um, and they all ask either from you to be from a grand école, if you're French, or to have like a regular university degree, but to match... Uh, the level you need to have really good grades so like usually it's like at least uh, an average of 14 or 15 for Cambridge I know it's 15 so a part of me was like counting uh, like how what grades should I get to match that um, and so when I didn't get so when I got my grades for this semester it was satisfying but it wasn't like 15 so mm. part of me was like, I just, I missed my chance. Even though I don't think I would have had a chance to return to Cambridge because you still have to put out like 20,000, sorry, 20,000 pounds 
for like a year. So I know. I know. I was never. <laughs> I was never going back, anyways. Uh, but yeah, it was just like um, thinking that my life was on the line. Even though it's not that deep when you think about it, you just need the degree at the end of the day. No, but um, for us, it's a lot because of course you don't want to study your whole life, and yeah. it feels as if at, during in your twenties you have some sort of you know, the one chance to set your life the way you want yes. to set it. And choosing your degree and choosing where you're going to study mm. is part of it. And you feel like, it feels as if, if you miss that chance of going abroad, of mm. doing a master's abroad, you're, you're going to miss like the chance of your 20s. Mm. And your whole life depends on that chance. <laughs> so of course it's not the case, but everything makes us feel like it is. Mm. Yes. And um, I... It's a bit weird because when I ended uh, high school, um, I knew, like, I was sure what I wanted to do. Because when I was looking at the d degrees that you could do, like, I saw the one for English. I just thought that was perfect because I, I loved English so much. I still do. I love speaking English. I love reading in English. And I love everything that has to do with um, most English-speaking cultures. Um, and, um, but now that it's ended, I don't know <laughs> what I should do afterwards. Um, it's, it's a bit tricky because I have, I've never had that before in my life of, uh, of thinking, what am I doing now? Because I was always so sure what I wanted to do. And mm. I'm a bit, yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit daunting. Yes. When you're locked for the first time in your whole life, mm. especially when you've had that perfect railed road <laughs> in front of you, and all of a sudden you're like at the end of the road or at a crossroad, and you don't know which path to take. Yeah. So, do you feel like your experience in Cambridge and in the UK kind of changed your whole perspective on the things you wanted to do? Uh, yes, because I think when I started. Um, um, the degree in my first year I wanted to be an English teacher uh, because it's all I had known in my life was just like being in school so to me it was obvious that I like English I'm going to be an English teacher um, and now I'm not so sure um, hmm. I don't know if I want to stay in, in France um, I'd like because a part of me is I, I want the having learned English I wanted to uh, have some sort of uh, relevance to what I do. Yes. And when you're an English teacher, you don't speak English that much. If you're with like yeah. middle school kids, um, and I mean it's a. I'm not. I sound like I'm diminishing that job or anything. No, no. It's a, it's I get a very, you. It's a very important job and everything, but. Um, I'm, I'm like, I want to speak that on a daily basis and I want to speak with native speakers or not even native speakers, but I want to speak it with uh, people like casually and mm. with whom you have to speak English if you yeah. want to communicate. Yeah. And uh, so I'd like to find a way to live abroad, but I don't know. No, you don't really know. Yeah. Was it hot going back home after that? Um, it was, um, it was a bit conflicting because I was happy to see my family again. 
um, and I had been very homesick when I was in Cambridge, so I was a bit relieving to see them. Uh, but I was also very homesick of Cambridge, and it was mm. a bit worse because I knew I wasn't going back there yeah. again. I mean, I, I went back again, but it wasn't. It's not the same. You're just there, like on holidays. Mm. Um, so it was a bit. I just was in denial for the last uh, weeks of the exchange. I was like, no, no, I'm going back next year. It's fine. I'll just find a way. I'm doing my master's there or something. Mm. Um, but when I came, came back in France, and you kind of resume your life from before, yeah. I felt a bit sad. Um, but you get used to it again. It's like reverse homesickness. Um, just get used to it again. You find a new uh, rhythm. And culture shock as well. Yes. And that hits hard. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's... it's. Um, I know my mum, she bought me a, a bag of Yorkshire tea. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> to make me feel a bit more like... Um, At home. Yeah. And, uh, and a few uh, days uh, prior to today... Um, my sister, she bought me a bag of crumpets as well. What's that? <laughs> uh, they're like, you haven't had crumpets when you were in, uh, they're like crepes. Um, yeah. But they're like, mm, they're thicker and they have holes in them. I hope you don't have um, a phobia of holes because oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of them. And it's like, um, I don't know what to compare it to. Do you know blinis? The, yeah, like, do. tiny pancakes yes. they're like that but bigger and uh, you just put them in the grill and like put butter on it they're really nice oh I have to taste that yeah, really <laughs> nice. I like crumpets I got uh, when I went back to every time I go to England I like leave a little room in my uh, luggage and I put just for like the crumpets those snacks and everything for me when I came back to Scotland <laughs> I bought so many snacks even though we have kind of the same here but mm. it's like it's, not, no, the it's same. not the same <laughs> <laughs> just having a little box with the ingredients in English on it yes and like the I don't know mm. just things from there mm. makes it better in a way I'm not sure it does but well <laughs> we kind of believe it does <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. My family make, makes fun of me for liking English food so much. Um, mm. But like, for example, my mum, I told her to make gravy, to put on like roasted meats and things like that. Ooh, very English indeed. <laughs> very British. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's a bit uh, weird to like English food that much, especially when you come from France. <laughs> I know, I, I know I'm not a fan of like Scottish and British food yeah. I'm not gonna lie that's the only thing I don't really like about yeah. them but like <laughs> all the rest I love but this I don't <laughs> um yeah no I it's it's um the one thing I don't miss is the bread uh from England yes. it's <sighs> quite bad um it's um I bought a baguette I think in my first weeks of being there in Sainsbury's and it was so bad. In Sainsbury's. Oh yes, it, it must so have bad. been. <laughs> there was grease on the on like the paper, the wrapping paper, there was grease on it and it's bread, it's not supposed to have anything greasy no. inside of it. it's it's not good. I felt I was choking on it. It was really oh. bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't miss I don't miss the bread 
from uh, Mr. Grandpa. It's yeah. like the Mr. Place. Do you still miss the place? Like really miss it? Yeah. Not just a distant memory? Um, I think, yeah, I do. Because also we lived in like um, a house. Mm. Um, so it was very... I had my room. My room was like a shoebox. It was very tiny. had a very tiny window. Um, so I didn't spend much time there. Uh, but the, we had a living room that we all shared. Um, and we had the kitchen and things like that. It was a very nice accommodation for students, I think. Uh, so that I miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, just walking in the streets and seeing the churches. Uh, the library. I miss the library a lot. Because you have several libraries. And they're very, like spacious and unless it's like exam times you don't struggle find somewhere to study there's always somewhere you can study Mm. which um i really miss that um and the library um not the library the um, bookshops as well (laughs) (laughs) i miss i miss going to waterstones and like um, and and trying to use uh, every bit of self restraint in my body not to buy um, too many books. Um, this is I don't know if you have that kind of thing, but I know that for me I've always loved reading. Hmm. But there's something so special about reading in English, and when you just when you just go in a bookshop with mm. only English books it's just it's <laughs> massive you want to buy everything even yes. the books you would never buy in French mm. but just the fact that they're in English you're like oh, oh my god wow <laughs> yeah. and also when I um when I get into bookshops here in France I just walk straight to the English mm. uh, section and I'm always it's always kind of the same books it's always like Harry, Harry Potter, Potter. Yes, Uh, and the classics. The classics. I like classic literature, but it's like um, kind of the same that always come back. It's like I could just borrow them at the at the library if I wanted to read those. Uh, And when you get into a Waterstones, you have like three levels of books just in English. Sometimes you even have coffee. Yes. At the top of it, it's so good. Like you can just buy your books and go to the cafe and read them immediately <laughs> this is insane <laughs> yes it's so nice to read in a in a cafe especially because i don't know how it was for you i didn't have any data or anything like that on my phone in in the uk so unless i have wi-fi i'm just cut off from the world so i didn't you... have that i was oh. lucky <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i paid for like the international um phone subscription and it just never worked um but it's fine because when you get into a a coffee you you don't have wi-fi so you're like cut off from the world and that's very useful because um when i went back in february there's this book we have to read a clockwork orange and i just couldn't get myself to sit down and read that i still haven't finished it i'm not gonna lie i'm not a big fan of this book but (laughs) It's so easy to be distracted from that book because you always have to get to the glossary to be like, what does that word mean? It's Russian. I don't know what it means. And then you get distracted. And I was in the cafe. Oops, sorry. I was in the cafe and I was, um, I didn't have anything else to do. So I was just like reading the book and I was really into it. And it surprised me um, how much focused I could be. But I don't think mm. I'd, I'd have to go to England <laughs> to be focused on that book. But it's, 
it's the like the studious atmosphere around yes. you and everything it makes you want to study and to like be very serious and not distracted mm. I imagine especially in Cambridge mm. like it's I mean we know how hard the level is there mm. so I can imagine that people do not go out every week <laughs> um do they I think some people go out every week and they manage to have high grades yeah I think they need to give uh, me that secret <laughs> <laughs> I think yes I don't know I don't know how they do it but I know that there's a lot of nightlife and social life there but I'd say people just um find a balance mm. I don't know how they do it but they find a balance mm. uh, but near exam time and like um they have this thing uh every time there's like the week five which is the week where everyone's work kind of catches up to them instead of the reverse. Um, They just, where everyone is a bit overwhelmed with their studies. Um, And I think usually that tends to be quiet around that time of the term. Um, But yeah, there's, uh, but overall it's quite, yeah, people tend to study a lot. And also even when you don't study, people usually have massive nerds about what they study so even when you have like a casual conversation you tend to learn things mm. um so there's always some sort of learning uh, at some point and wouldn't you be interested in being i don't know a lecturer or something oh, like that i'd love to do that I don't Go know on. if I have the capacity to You do, do, as long as you want something. There's nothing that can stop yeah. you. You just have to put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd love to do that. Um, I'd love um, I'd love to do something that has to, something to do with literature. Yeah. Um, but Any I, type of literature or classics? I like um, classics a lot, but not all classics. Um, I like that the ones that have some sort of relevance no matter the time they were written in. Um, I don't like when, when a book is like, when people read a book just to say they've read it. Sometimes it's nice to do it, uh, but very often people are just like, what, you haven't read that book? What do you do? It's a classic, you have and, to. And, then you, and you feel like when in their argument, you feel like there's nothing except the fact that it's a classic, but why is it a classic? Um, in some books I've tried to read, and I just, I, mm. I'm not, I can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to force myself to read it unless I have to study it for uni. I'm like, I'm not. I could read so many other books I want to read, and I don't have enough time in my life, so I'm going to read something I like. But I, I, I think most classics, they're classics for a reason. Mm. Um I really like um, modern classics as well because yeah. they tend to be more um, inclus- inclusive. Yeah. Um, Less stereotypes. Yes. And mm. and it's it, the authors are more diverse. You get more perspectives and things like that, which is always good because um, sometimes you just get tired of reading books written by old men a few centuries ago old white men yes always the same topic always the same yes the women are the same the men yeah. are the same mm. i know yeah <laughs> i read the uh, i don't know if it counts as a classic but i read the accursed kings 
a few years ago. It's like a French saga of uh, historical novels. And it's written by a, a French guy who died a few years ago. And the some of the ways that the women were described, it wasn't like raging misogyny, but it was a bit sexist. Mm. And when I finished it, I liked the book overall, but I just couldn't read any like classic written by a guy for a few months because I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to read about like a woman's breasts as the first description and things like that. Mm. Um, it's a bit, uh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I understand. Mm, I think. I think classics are very interesting to read. Mm. Intra- yeah, interesting to read. And some of them, I know, that, for example, I'm a big fan of uh, Jane Austen. Yes. The way she writes is insane. Mm. Like sometimes all the stereotypes surrounding the classics mm. are hard to get by. Like it's yeah. Even though you know it's a different era, yeah. it's not always relevant. But I would say also sometimes in modern literature, there's a lot of uh, stereotypes as well yes and it puts me off a lot of a lot of romance books i know i can't read them because i just read the blurb and i'm like i can't figure out the rest of the story the the what the blurb like the oh thing uh and i i couldn't i know already what's gonna happen because i've seen like at least 10 movies with the same plot yes and it's some sentences they like it almost feels like it's copy pasted like it's just and also like there's um when i really like to escape a bit so when it's too relevant when i see references to something like to tiktok in a book i just close it immediately i don't Mm. want to i don't want to read about that i don't i don't want something that's too um relevant to this time Mm. Uh, unless it's very well written um or if it's like a few years old so it's not too current. Yeah. Then I enjoy it. But when it's too recent, I also, I don't know, I also um, got very disappointed by a few books that you get sold when they're released. And I thought, this is so nice. And this is so well written. And it's telling a, like a story about contemporary mm. struggles. And then when you read it, it's the most bland story of all time. Um, so now I like to wait a bit for the hype to come down i don't know about you but for me whenever whenever i hear too many people talking about one same book yes i don't want to read it anymore yes because i feel like it's just the hype it's not mm. the book in itself yes. it's just all i don't know all the energy surrounding mm. it and people read it because everyone says you have to read it and yes. i don't like doing that <laughs> uh, and uh, with movies as well when like a movie is hyped too much I'm like don't tell me what to do exactly series as well like, when yeah. everyone says you have to watch it it's amazing mm. i feel like no <laughs> i also do that with game of thrones i always tell people you should watch it it's so nice it's so good and i mean everything. game of thrones is amazing <laughs> it's a good it's a good show um, but I don't like being told what to do with movies when they're like, oh, it's mm. the movie of the year. And we're like in February. I'm like, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, for example, when it comes to literature, like, I'm a big fan of Bridgerton. Yes. And I know it was hard for me to start because everyone said, you have to read it. It's amazing. Mm. The truth is, it is amazing. 
but it's full of stereotypes. It really is. And the worst thing is, it's written by a woman. Yeah. So it shouldn't oh. be that stereotyped. Mm. But it's so well written. It's mm. amazing. Mm. I feel it's like, it's a bit of balance. Like you have this love stereotype about it. Mm. And at the same time, you're like, yeah, but it's well written. <laughs> you want to know <laughs> sometimes, what's going to Sometimes you want something stereotypical because you don't want to think. Just want like to read something, be like, oh no, I can't believe they did that. And you just want something um, like um, you want something cheap, uh, just mm. like for pure entertainment. Yeah, that's why. Mm. Especially because let's not lie to one another. We all know that at each end, no, at the end of each book, we get married. Yeah, obviously. I can't do otherwise. <laughs> I mean, there are nine books in this series, and you already know <laughs> that every book ends well, obviously. <laughs> but just you want to know how it goes. You want to mm. know how the romance is built, and <laughs> so we are we are easily easily bought. Mm. Yes, but I think this episode is sadly nearing the end <laughs> but i just have one question to ask you before which is the signature question mm-hmm. of the podcast what does home mean to you and where is it if you have one mm-hmm. um i'd say home is um a place where you feel at ease and you can like just breathe and not have to think about um what people think of you or and and you can just yeah be yourself and not have to filter what you say and um and it's a place where you feel comfortable um and that feels familiar to you Mm. and um and yeah people that makes you that make you feel good and uh kind of get you out of your own head uh just like even when it's just cracking a joke when you're like thinking with your beats down and they don't even realize it but they just their presence um makes you get out of your head and just laugh and smile um i think that's home to me it's just yeah i don't know if that's one specific place uh maybe it's several places and uh it's more like the people than mm. the actual material thing although i do like having a familiar space around me i think it's mostly the people uh, that makes mm. home feel like home no oh, so you mean like people with whom you don't have to think about how you act or yes. what you do yes which is kind of rare <laughs> it's not i mean i feel i feel like the the older we get the more we realize that those people actually don't just come around the corner and don't just pop in your life Mm. every day and Mm. that you have to cherish them Mm. but I do agree on that one (laughs) well thank you very much (laughs) for being here thank you for having me you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) and thank you beautiful people for listening to this podcast and see you in another episode (laughs) bye (laughs)